If you or your loved one suffers from sleep deprivation, the consequences can be far more serious than simple crankiness and fatigue. Studies show that lack of sleep may cause Alzheimer's disease. Scientists and philosophers have long wondered why people sleep and how it affects the brain. Sleep is important for storing memories. It also has a restorative function. Lack of sleep impairs reasoning, problem-solving, and attention to detail, among other effects. However, the mechanisms behind these sleep benefits have been unknown. Drive Mkhenetrgaard and her colleagues at the University of Rochester Medical Center recently discovered a system that drains waste products from the brain. Cerebrospinal fluid, a clear liquid surrounding the brain and spinal cord, moves through the brain along a series of channels that surround blood vessels. The system is managed by the brain's glial cells, and so the researchers called it the glymphatic system. The scientists also reported that the glymphatic system can help remove a toxic protein called beta amyloid from brain tissue. Beta amyloid is renowned for accumulating in the brains of patients with Alzheimer's disease. Other research has shown that brain levels of beta amyloid decrease during sleep. In their new study, the team tested the idea that sleep might affect beta amyloid clearance by regulating the glymphatic system. Sleep is a naturally recurring state of mind and body characterized by altered consciousness, relatively inhibited sensory activity, inhibition of nearly all voluntary muscles, and reduced interactions with surroundings. It is distinguished from wakefulness by a decreased ability to react to stimuli, but is more easily reversed than the state of hibernation or of being comatose. Mammalian sleep occurs in repeating periods, in which the body alternates between two highly distinct modes known as non-REM and REM sleep. REM stands for rapid eye movement but involves many other aspects including virtual paralysis of the body. During sleep, most systems in an animal are in an anabolic state, building up the immune, nervous, skeletal, and muscular systems. Sleep in non-human animals is observed in mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, and some fish, and, in some form, in insects and even in simpler animals such as nematodes. The internal circadian clock promotes sleep daily. At night in diurnal organisms, such as humans, and in the day in nocturnal organisms, such as rodents. However, sleep patterns vary among individual humans and even more widely among other species. In the last century, artificial light has in many areas of the world substantially altered sleep timing among both humans and many other species. The diverse purposes and mechanisms of sleep are the subject of substantial ongoing research. Sleep seems to assist animals with improvements in the body and mind. Recent research has shown that an essential function of sleep is to remove waste products from the brain. A well-known feature of sleep in humans is the dream, an experience typically recounted in narrative form, which resembles waking life while in progress, but which usually can later be distinguished as fantasy. Sleep is sometimes confused with unconsciousness, but is quite different in terms of thought process.
Dysomnias are abroad. Classification of sleeping disorders involving difficulty getting to sleep. Remain sleeping, or of excessive sleepiness. Dysomnias are primary disorders. Of initiating or maintaining sleep or of excessive sleepiness and are characterized by a disturbance in the amount, quality, or timing of sleep. Patients may complain of difficulty getting to sleep or staying asleep. Intermittent wakefulness during the night, early morning awakening, or combinations of any of these. Transient episodes are usually of little significance. Stress, caffeine, physical discomfort, daytime napping, and early bedtimes are common factors. Insomnia, also known as sleeplessness, is a sleep disorder where people have trouble sleeping. They may have difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep as long as desired. Insomnia is typically followed by daytime sleepiness, low energy, irritability, and a depressed mood. It may result in an increased risk of motor vehicle collisions, as well as problems focusing and learning. Insomnia can be short-term, lasting for days or weeks, or long-term, lasting more than a month. Insomnia can occur independently or as a result of another problem. Conditions that can result in insomnia include psychological stress, chronic pain, heart failure, hyperthyroidism, heartburn, restless leg syndrome, menopause, certain medications, and drugs such as caffeine, nicotine, and alcohol. Other risk factors include working night shifts and sleep apnea. Diagnosis is based on sleep habits and an examination to look for underlying causes. A sleep study may be done to look for underlying sleep disorders. Screening may be done with two questions, do you experience difficulty sleeping? And do you have difficulty falling or staying asleep? Hypersomnia, or hypersomnolence, is a neurological disorder of excessive time. Spent sleeping or excessive daytime sleepiness, EDS. It can have many possible causes and can cause distress and problems with functioning. In the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM 5, hypersomnolence, of which there are several subtypes, appears under sleep wake disorders. Narcolepsy is a chronic neurological disorder that involves a decreased ability to regulate sleep-wake cycles. Symptoms include periods of excessive daytime sleepiness that usually last from seconds to minutes and may occur at any time. About 70% of people also experience episodes of sudden loss of muscle strength, known as cataplexy. These spells can be brought on by strong emotions. Less commonly there may be inability to move or vivid hallucinations while falling asleep or waking up. People with narcolepsy sleep about the same number of hours per day as people without, but the quality of sleep tends to be worse. The exact cause of narcolepsy is unknown, and it may be caused by several distinct factors. In up to 10% of cases there is a family history of the disorder. Often those affected have low levels of the neuropeptide orexin, which may be due to an autoimmune disorder, trauma, infections, toxins, or 
psychological stress may also play a role. Diagnosis is typically based on the symptoms and sleep studies, after ruling out other potential causes. Excessive daytime sleepiness can also be caused by other sleep disorders such as sleep apnea, major depressive disorder, anemia, heart failure, drinking alcohol, and not getting enough sleep. In sleep apnea, also spelled sleep apnea, is a sleep disorder characterized by pauses in breathing or periods of shallow breathing during sleep. Each pause can last for a few seconds to several minutes and they happen many times a night. In the most common form, this follows loud snoring. There may be a choking or snorting sound as breathing resumes. As it disrupts normal sleep, those affected are often sleepy or tired during the day. In children it may cause problems in school or hyperactivity. There are three forms of sleep apnea, obstructive, OSA, central, CSA, and A. Combination of the two called mixed. OSA is the most common form. Risk factors. For OSA include being overweight, a family history of the condition, allergies, and enlarged tonsils. In OSA, breathing is interrupted by A. Blockage of airflow, while in CSA breathing stops due to a lack of effort to breathe. People with sleep apnea are often not aware they have it. Often it is first observed by a family member. Sleep apnea is often diagnosed with an overnight sleep study. For a diagnosis of sleep apnea, more than five episodes an hour must occur. Ask your doctor. Treatment may include lifestyle changes mouthpieces, breathing devices, and surgery. Lifestyle changes may include avoiding alcohol, weight loss, stopping smoking, and sleeping on their side. Breathing devices include the use of a pap machine. Without treatment sleep apnea may increase the risk of heart attack, stroke, diabetes, heart failure, irregular heartbeat, obesity, and Motor Vehicle Collisions OSA affects 1-6% to of adults and 2% of children. It affects males about twice as often as females. While people at any age can be affected it occurs most commonly among those 55-60 to 60 years old. Central Sleep Apnea affects less than 1% of people. A type of central sleep apnea was described in the German myth of Andine's curse where when asleep the person would forget to breathe. Parasomnias are a category of sleep disorders that involve abnormal movements, behaviors, emotions, perceptions, and dreams that occur while falling asleep, sleeping, between sleep stages, or during arousal from sleep. Most parasomnias are dissociated sleep states which are partial arousals during the transitions between wakefulness and REM sleep, or wakefulness and REM sleep. Sleepwalking, also known as somnambulism or noctambulism, is a phenomenon of combined sleep and wakefulness. It is classified as a sleep disorder belonging to the parasomnia family. Sleepwalking occurs during slow-wave sleep stage in a state of low consciousness and perform activities that are usually performed during a state of full consciousness. These activities can be as benign as sitting up in bed, walking to a bathroom, 
and cleaning, or as hazardous as cooking, driving. Violent gestures, grabbing at hallucinated objects, or even homicide, although sleepwalking cases generally consist of simple, repeated behaviors. There are occasionally reports of people performing complex behaviors while asleep, although their legitimacy is often disputed. Sleepwalkers often have little or no memory of the incident, as their consciousness has altered into a state in which it is harder to recall memories, although their eyes are open. Their expression is dim and glazed over. Sleepwalking may last as little as 30 seconds or as long as 30 minutes. Sleepwalking occurs during slow-wave sleep. In three of non-rapid eye movement sleep, NREM sleep, cycles. Sleepwalking typically occurs within the first third of the night when slow-wave sleep is most prominent. Usually, if sleepwalking occurs at all, it will only occur once in a night. Rapid eye movement sleep behavior disorder, RBD, is a sleep disorder, more specifically a parasomnia, that involves abnormal behavior. During the sleep phase with rapid eye movement, REM, sleep, it was first described in 1986. The major and arguably only abnormal feature of RBD is loss of muscle atonia, the loss of paralysis, during otherwise intact REM sleep during which paralysis is not only normal but necessary. REM sleep is the stage of sleep in which most vivid dreaming occurs. The loss of motor inhibition leads to a wide spectrum of behavioral release during sleep. This extends from simple limb twitches to more complex integrated movement, in which people appear to be unconsciously acting out their dreams. These Behaviors can be violent in nature and in some cases will result in injury to either the patient or their bed partner. RBD is characterized by the dreamer acting out his or her dreams. These dreams often involve kicking, screaming, punching, grabbing, and even jumping out of bed. When awakened, people can usually recall the dream they were having, which will match the actions they were performing, but they will not be aware that they were moving. In a normal sleep cycle, REM sleep may be experienced at intervals of between 90 minutes and 2 hours every night, which means RBD. Episodes may occur up to 4 times a night. In a rare case, they may only happen once a week or once a month. Episodes occur more towards the morning hours because that is when REM sleep is more frequent. The actions in an episode can result in injuries to oneself or one's bed partner. People can also respond to other people while sleeping and not even know it. This causes them to be aware of things while they are sleeping, which can result in sleep deprivation. Rapid eye movement behavior disorder, RBD, occurs when there is a loss of normal voluntary muscle atonia during REM sleep resulting in motor behavior in response to dream content. It can be caused by adverse reactions to certain drugs or during drug withdrawal, however, it is most often associated with the elderly and in those with neurodegenerative disorders such as Parkinson's disease and other neurodegenerative diseases, for example, multiple system atrophy and Lewy body dementia. In dementia with Lewy bodies, 
DLB, is a type of dementia that worsens over time. Additional symptoms may include fluctuations in alertness, seeing things that other people do not, slowness of movement, trouble walking, and rigidity, excessive movement during sleep and mood changes such as depression are also common. The cause is unknown. There is typically no family history among those affected. The underlying mechanism involves the buildup of Lewy bodies, clumps of alpha-synuclein protein in neurons. It is classified as a neurodegenerative disorder. A diagnosis may be suspected based on symptoms, with blood tests and medical imaging done to rule out other possible causes. The differential diagnosis includes Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. There is no cure for DLB. Treatments try to improve mental, psychiatric, and motor symptoms. Acetylcholinesterase inhibitors, such as Donepazil, may provide some benefit. Some motor problems may improve with levodopa. Antipsychotics, even for hallucination, should generally be avoided due to side effects. DLB is the most common cause of dementia after Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. It typically begins after the age of 50. About 0.1% of those over 65 are affected. Males appear to be more commonly affected than females. In the late part of the disease people may depend entirely on others for their care. Life expectancy following diagnosis is approximately 8 years. The abnormal deposits that caused the disease were discovered in 1912 by Frederick Louis. The presenting symptom of dementia with Louis bodies is often cognitive dysfunction, though dementia eventually occurs in all individuals with DLB. In contrast to Alzheimer's disease, ID, in which memory loss is the first symptom, those with DLB first experience impaired attention, executive function and visuospatial function, while memory is affected later. These Impairments present as driving difficulty, such as becoming lost, misjudging distances, or as impaired job performance. In terms of cognitive testing, individuals may have problems with figure copying as a result of visuospatial impairment, with clock drawing due to executive function impairment, and difficulty with serial sevens as a result of impaired attention. Short term memory and orientation to time and place remain intact in the earlier stages of the disease. While the specific symptoms in a person with DLB may vary, core features include fluctuating cognition with great variations in attention and alertness from day to day and hour to hour, recurrent visual hallucinations observed in 75% of people with DLB, and motor features of Parkinson's disease. Suggestive symptoms are rapid eye movement, REM sleep behavior, disorder and abnormalities detected in PET or SPECT scans. REM sleep behavior disorder, RBD, often is a symptom first recognized by the patient's caretaker. RBD includes vivid dreaming, with persistent dreams, purposeful or violent movements, and falling out of bed. Benzodiazepines, anticholinergics, surgical anesthetics, some antidepressants, and over-the-counter drug, OTC, cold 
remedies may cause acute confusion, delusions, and hallucinations. Tremors are less common in DLB than in Parkinson's disease. Parkinsonian Features may include shuffling gait, reduced arm swing during walking, blank. Expression, reduced range of facial expression, stiffness of movements. Ratchet-like cogwheeling movements, low speech volume, silaria, and difficulty swallowing. Also, DLB patients often experience problems with orthostatic hypotension, including repeated falls, fainting, and transient loss of consciousness. Sleep disordered breathing, a problem in multiple system atrophy, also may be a problem. One of the most critical and distinctive clinical features of the disease is hypersensitivity to neuroleptic and antiemetic medications that affect dopaminergic and cholinergic systems. In the worst cases, a patient treated with these medications could become catatonic, lose cognitive function, or develop life-threatening muscle rigidity. Some commonly used medications that should be used with great caution, if at all, for people with DLB, are chlorpromazine, haloperidol, or thyridazine. Visual hallucinations in people with DLB most commonly involve perception of people or animals that are not there, and may reflect Lewy bodies or AD. Pathology in the temporal lobe. Delusions may include reduplicative paramnesia and other elaborate misperceptions or misinterpretations. These hallucinations are not necessarily disturbing, and in some cases, the person with DLB may have insight into the hallucinations and even be amused by them, or be conscious they are not real. People with DLB also may have problems with vision, including double vision, and misinterpretation. No cure for dementia with Lewy bodies is known. Treatment may offer symptomatic benefit, but remains palliative in nature. Current treatment modalities are divided into pharmaceutical and caregiving. Most of us know that getting a good night's sleep is important, but too few of us actually make those eight or so hours between the sheets a priority. For many of us with sleep debt, we've forgotten what being really, truly rested feels like. To further complicate matters, stimulants like coffee and energy drinks, alarm clocks, and external lights, including those from electronic devices interferes with our circadian rhythm or natural sleep-wake cycle. Sleep needs vary across ages and are especially impacted by lifestyle and health. To determine how much sleep you need, it's important to assess not only where you fall on the sleep needs spectrum, but also to examine what lifestyle factors are affecting the quality and quantity of your sleep such as work schedules and stress. Sleep is a vital indicator of overall health and well-being. We spend up to one-third of our lives asleep, and the overall state of our sleep health remains an essential question throughout our lifespan. Winkleman Research thinks CBT is better at helping some kinds of insomniacs than others. Insomnia covers a multitude of conditions, between FFI, which is extremely rare, and apnea, which is very common, there are almost 90 recognized sleep disorders and a host of harder to codify reasons people can't sleep.
some insomniacs suffer from restless legs syndrome, RLS, an intense discomfort in their limbs that prevents falling asleep, or periodic limb movement disorder, PLMD, which produces involuntary kicking during sleep. Narcoleptics often have difficulty both staying asleep and staying awake. Then, there are people who can tea sleep because of depression, and people who are depressed because they can tea sleep. Others have problems sleeping because of dementia or Alzheimer's disease. Some women sleep badly during their periods. Women are twice as likely to have insomnia as men, and many during menopause. Older people in general sleep less well than young. Some insomniacs can tea sleep because they are on medications that keep them awake. Others are worrying about work or soon having no work. One third of Americans report they have lost sleep in the recent economic crisis. Of all these non sleepers, patients with insomnia derived from physical internal causes probably excesses or scarcities of various neurotransmitters are likely the ones least able to respond to the treatment. Typically, psychophysiological insomnia is treated with a two-part approach. First come the sleeping pills, most of which work by enhancing the activity of GABA, a neurotransmitter that regulates overall anxiety and alertness in the body. Though safer than they once were, sleeping pills can lead to psychological addiction. Many users complain that their sleeping pill sleep seems different, and they feel hungover when they wake up. Sleeping pills are not a natural way to sleep, points out Charles Chisler, director of the Harvard Work Hours, Health, and Safety Group. Pills can make future insomnia worse, too, a drawback called rebound insomnia. The second step in treating true insomniacs is usually cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. In CBT, a specialized psychologist teaches the insomniac to think about his or her sleep problems as manageable, even solvable that test the cognitive part and to practice good sleep hygiene. Good sleep hygiene mostly amounts to tried and true advice, sleep in a dark room, go to bed only when you are sleepy, Don T. Exercise before bed. Studies have shown that CBT is more effective than sleeping pills at treating long-term insomnia, but many sufferers aren't convinced. Some people continue in my experience to struggle, comma, says Winkleman. They re not super satisfied with their sleep. Don't. One early afternoon last year paid a visit to the Sleep Medicine Center at Stanford. The clinic founded in 1970, was the first in the country devoted to the problem of insomnia, and it remains among the most important. The Sleep Center sees over 10,000 patients a year and does more than 3,000 overnight sleep studies. The 18 bedrooms that patients occupy looked comfortable, the beds soft and cozy. The monitoring equipment was hidden in the furniture. The Main diagnostic tool at the clinic is the polysomnogram, the main element of which is the electroencephalograph, e.g., which captures the electrical output from a sleeping patient's brain. As you fall asleep, your brain slows down, and its electrical signature changes from short jagged waves to longer rolling ones.
much the way the movement of the sea smooths out the farther you get from shore. In the brain these gentle undulations are interrupted periodically by a renewal of the sudden agitated mental activity of REM sleep. For unknown reasons, REM is the time during sleep when we do nearly all our dreaming. As the EEG records this fitful voyage, the polysomnogram technicians also measure body temperature, muscle activity, eye movement, heart rhythms, and breathing. Then they look over the data for signs of abnormal sleep or frequent wake-ups. When a person has narcolepsy, for instance, he or she plunges from wakefulness into REM sleep without any intermediate steps. In fatal familial insomnia, the sufferer can never get past the first stages of sleep, body temperature soars and crashes. A patient belongs to a family carrying the gene for fatal familial insomnia. The main symptom of FFI, as the disease is often called, is the inability to sleep. First the ability to nap disappears, then the ability to get a full night's sleep, until the patient cannot sleep at all. The syndrome usually strikes when the sufferer is in his or her 50s, ordinarily lasts about a year, and, as the name indicates, always ends in death. The patient has declined to be tested for the gene. She was afraid that if she knew that this was something she had, she would not try as hard in life. She would allow myself to give up. FFI is an awful disease. Made even worse by the fact that we know so little about how it works. After years of study, researchers have figured out that in a patient with FFI, malformed proteins called prions attack the sufferer's thalamus, a structure deep in the brain, and that a damaged thalamus interferes with sleep. But they don't know why this happens, or how to stop it, or ease its brutal symptoms. Before FFI was investigated, most researchers didn't even know the thalamus had anything to do with sleep. FFI is exceedingly rare, known in only 40 families worldwide. But in one respect, it is a lot like the less serious kinds of insomnia plaguing millions of people today, it is pretty much a mystery. FFI and narcolepsy cannot be diagnosed without EEGs and other monitoring devices. But Cleet Kashida, the clinic director, told me he can spot most people's sleep problems right at the intake interview. There are those who cannot keep their eyes open, and those who just speak of their exhaustion but don't actually nod off. The former often have sleep apnea. The latter have what Kashida calls true insomnia. The predominant theory of sleep is that the brain demands it. This idea derives in part from common sense whose head doesn't feel clear after a good night has sleep? But the trick is to confirm this assumption with real data. How does sleeping help the brain? The answer may depend on what kind of sleep you're talking about. Recently, researchers at Harvard led by Robert Stickle tested undergraduates on various aptitude tests, allowed them to nap, then tested them again. They found that those who had engaged in REM sleep subsequently performed better in pattern recognition tasks, such as grammar, while those who slept deeply were better at memorization.
Other researchers have found that the sleeping brain appears to repeat a pattern of neuron firing that occurred while the subject was recently awake, as if in sleep the brain were trying to commit to long-term memory what it had learned that day. Unfortunately, the reverse is not always true, we don't always get sleepy when we need to sleep. Insomnia is at epidemic levels. In the developed world, 50 to 75 million Americans, roughly a fifth of the population, complain about problems sleeping. 56 million prescriptions for sleeping pills were written in 2008, up 54% over the previous four years. The revenue for sleep centers is expected to approach $4.5 billion by 2011. Yet remarkably little is being done to understand the root causes of insomnia. Most medical school students get no more than four hours of training on sleep disorders, some get none. Family doctors' health questionnaires often don't even ask about sleep. The social and economic costs from the undertreatment of sleeplessness are huge. The Institute of Medicine, an independent national scientific advisory, Group estimates nearly 20% of all serious motor vehicle accidents are associated with driver sleepiness. It places the direct medical cost of our collective sleep debt at tens of billions of dollars. The loss in terms of work productivity are even higher. Then there are the softer costs the damaged or lost relationships. The jobs tired people don't have the energy to apply. 4. The muting of enjoyment in life's pleasures. Sleep plays a vital role in good health and well-being throughout your life. Getting enough quality sleep at the right times can help protect your mental health, physical health, quality of life, and safety. The way you feel while you're awake depends in part on what happens while you're sleeping. During sleep, your body is working to support healthy brain function and maintain your physical health. In children and teens, sleep also helps support growth and development. The damage from sleep deficiency can occur in an instant, such as a car crash, or it can harm you over time. For example, ongoing sleep deficiency can raise your risk for some chronic health problems. It also can affect how well you think, react work, learn, and get along with others. Healthy brain function and emotional well-being. Sleep helps your brain work properly. While you're sleeping, your brain is preparing for the next day. It's forming new pathways to help you learn and remember information. Studies show that a good night's sleep improves learning. Whether you're learning math, how to play the piano, how to perfect your golf swing, or how to drive a car, sleep helps enhance your learning and problem-solving skills. Sleep also helps you pay attention, make decisions, and be creative. Studies also show that sleep deficiency alters activity in some parts of the brain. If you're sleep deficient, you may have trouble making decisions, solving problems, controlling your emotions and behavior, and coping with change. Sleep deficiency also has been linked to depression, suicide, and risk-taking behavior. Children and teens who are sleep deficient may have problems getting along with others.
They may feel angry and impulsive, have mood swings, feel sad or depressed, or lack motivation. They also may have problems paying attention, and they may get lower grades and feel stressed. It may seem obvious that sleep is beneficial, even without fully grasping what sleep does. For us, we know that going without sleep for too long makes us feel terrible. And that getting a good night's sleep can make us feel ready to take on the world. Scientists have gone to great lengths to fully understand sleep's benefits. In studies of humans and other animals, they have discovered that sleep plays a critical role in immune function, metabolism, memory, learning, and other vital functions. Although scientists aren't entirely sure why we sleep, they have many ideas about the functions of this mysterious part of our lives. While some of these functions may have deep evolutionary roots, others, such as sleep's potential role in memory and health, seem particularly relevant to life in the 21st century. It may not be surprising that it is more difficult to take in new information following a night of inadequate or disturbed sleep. What's more surprising is that it is just as important to get a good night's sleep after learning something new in order to process and retain the information that has been learned. That sleep deficit you've been accumulating has real and dangerous implications for your brain, and not just because it makes you sleepy during the day. Sleeping less than 7 or 8 hours a night has been linked to cognitive decline, memory loss and possibly even Alzheimer's. New research shows Morali Daaraswamy MD a brain researcher at Duke University in explains what your brain does during sleep. Most people think that when you sleep, your brain goes to sleep, too. But it turns out that parts of your brain are several times more active at night than during the daytime. One of them is a newly discovered drainage system called the glymphatic system, which is kind of like your city's sewage and recycling system, its job is to clear out and recycle all your brain's toxins. One protein very actively recycled during sleep is involved in developing amyloid plaque, the hallmark of Alzheimer's. No one is saying that Alzheimer's is all caused by sleep deprivation, but it may be a factor. New research indicates chronic sleep deprivation can lead to irreversible brain damage. A University of Pennsylvania Animal Study found that extended wakefulness can injure neurons essential for alertness and cognition and that the damage might be permanent. Short sleep may also be linked to shrinking brain volume, though it's not clear whether the lack of sleep causes the brain to shrink or whether a smaller brain makes it harder to sleep. Other studies have led scientists to conclude that chemicals secreted during the deeper stages of sleep are crucial for repairing the body including the brain. As you go about your daily activities, your brain is exposed to thousands of stimuli auditory, visual, neurosensory, and it can't possibly process all that information as it comes in. A lot of the tagging and archiving of memories occurs at night while you're sleeping. It's a bit like what goes on in a library. All the books dropped off in the book repository during the day are dusted off and cataloged at night. People who think they've adapted well 
to sleeping just 4 or 5 hours a night are often wrong, memory tests show. They are not functioning optimally. One of the chemicals involved in creating memories acetylcholine is also involved in sleep and dreaming. What happens in people who start to develop Alzheimer's is that the brain cells that produce acetylcholine are destroyed, so people stop dreaming as much. Interestingly, a side effect of the most commonly used drug to treat Alzheimer's aricept is its ability to induce vivid dreams. Sleep researchers study the role of sleep in learning and memory formation in two ways. The first approach looks at the different stages of sleep and changes in their duration in response to learning a variety of new tasks. The second approach examines how sleep deprivation affects learning. Sleep deprivation can be total, no sleep allowed, partial, either early or late sleep is deprived or selective. Specific stages of sleep are deprived. Different types of memories are formed in new learning situations. Scientists are exploring whether there is a relationship between the consolidation of different types of memories and the various stages of sleep. The earliest sleep and memory research focused on declarative memory, which is the knowledge of fact-based information, or what we know, for example, the capital of France, or what you had for dinner last night. In one research study, individuals engaged in an intensive language course were observed to have an increase in rapid eye movement sleep or REM sleep. This is a stage of sleep in which dreaming occurs most frequently. Scientists hypothesize that REM sleep played an essential role in the acquisition of learned material. Further studies have suggested that REM sleep seems to be involved in declarative memory processes if the information is complex and emotionally charged, but probably not if the information is simple and emotionally neutral. Researchers now hypothesize that slow-wave sleep, SWS, which is deep, restorative sleep, also plays a significant role in declarative memory. By processing and consolidating newly acquired information, studies of the connection between sleep and declarative memory have had mixed results, and this is an area of continued research. Sleep plays a major role in the ability to learn new tasks that require motor coordination and performance. Research has also focused on sleep and its role in procedural memory the remembering how to do something, for example, riding a bicycle or playing the piano. REM sleep seems to play a critical role in the consolidation of procedural memory. Other aspects of sleep also play a role, motor learning seems to depend on the amount of lighter stages of sleep, while certain types of visual learning seem to depend on the amount and timing of both deep, slow-wave sleep, SWS, and REM sleep. Another area that researchers study is the impact that a lack of adequate sleep has on learning and memory. When we are sleep-deprived, our focus, attention, and vigilance drift, making it more difficult to receive information. Without adequate sleep and rest, overworked neurons can no longer function to coordinate information properly, and we lose our ability to access previously learned information. In addition, 
our interpretation of events may be affected. We lose our ability to make sound decisions because we can no longer accurately assess the situation, plan accordingly, and choose the correct behavior. Judgment becomes impaired. But even if you're not getting the rest you need, Don T. lose hope, you might just want to get a little more creative with how you're going about it. Learn more about how to follow your natural sleep patterns to feel your best each night. Healthy sleep is essential for optimal learning and memory function. Sleep, learning, and memory are complex phenomena that are not entirely understood. However, animal and human studies suggest that the quantity and quality of sleep have a profound impact on learning and memory. Research suggests that sleep helps learning and memory in two distinct ways. First, a sleep-deprived person cannot focus attention optimally and therefore cannot learn efficiently. Second, sleep itself has a role in the consolidation of memory, which is essential for learning new information. Although the exact mechanisms are not known, learning and memory are often described in terms of three functions. Acquisition refers to the introduction of new information into the brain. Consolidation represents the processes by which a memory becomes stable. Recall refers to the ability to access the information, whether consciously or unconsciously, after it has been stored. Each of these steps is necessary for proper memory function. Acquisition and recall occur only during wakefulness. But research suggests that memory consolidation takes place during sleep through the strengthening of the neural connections that form our memories. Although there is no consensus about how sleep makes this process possible, many researchers think that specific characteristics of brainwaves during different stages of sleep are associated with the formation of particular types of memory. John Peaver Director of the Systems Neurobiology Laboratory at the University of Toronto, and Brian J. Murray, Director of the Sleep Laboratory at the Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. Response The function of sleep has mystified scientists for thousands of years, but modern research is providing new clues about what it does for both the mind and body. Sleep serves to re energize the body's cells clear waste from the brain, and support learning and memory. It even plays vital roles in regulating mood, appetite and libido. Sleeping is an integral part of our life, and as research shows, it is incredibly complex. The brain generates two distinct types of sleep slow wave. Sleep, SWS, known as deep sleep, and rapid eye movement, REM, also called dreaming sleep. Most of the sleeping we do is of the SWS variety. Characterized by large, slow brain waves, relaxed muscles and slow, deep breathing, which may help the brain and body to recuperate after a long day. When we fall asleep, the brain does not merely go offline, as implied by the common phrase out like a light dot instead a series of highly orchestrated Events puts the brain to sleep in stages. Technically sleep starts in the brain areas that produce SWS. Scientists now have concrete evidence that two 
groups of cells the ventral lateral preoptic nucleus in the hypothalamus and the parafacial zone in the brainstem are involved in prompting SWS. When these cells switch on, it triggers a loss of consciousness. After SWS, REM sleep begins. This mode is bizarre, a dreamer's brain becomes highly active while the body's muscles are paralyzed, and breathing and heart rate become erratic. The purpose of REM sleep remains a biological mystery, despite our growing understanding of its biochemistry and neurobiology. We do know that a small group of cells in the brainstem, called the subcoeruleus nucleus, controls REM sleep. When these cells become injured or diseased, people do not experience the muscle paralysis associated with REM sleep, which can lead to REM sleep behavior disorder a serious condition in which the afflicted violently act out their dreams. A good night's sleep may be more important for long-term brain health than we thought. Previous research has shown that disordered sleep caused by insomnia and sleep apnea, among other things interferes with cognitive function and may even increase the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And we know that restorative sleep is critical for long-term memory. A new study from scientists at University of California, Berkeley, reveals that beta amyloid protein in the brain may interfere with sleep quality and long-term memory formation, creating a vicious cycle. For the study, the researchers recruited 26 healthy older adults with no signs of dementia and measured their brain amyloid levels using a PET scan. The volunteers were asked to study a list of word pairs before going to sleep. Overnight, the researchers measured their brainwave activity to gauge how deeply they slept. The next morning, the volunteers were asked to recall the word pairs as their brain activity was measured by FMRI. The results not only did the volunteers with the most beta amyloid have the poorest sleep quality, they also performed worse on the word pairs recall test. Based on the results, the researchers speculated that beta amyloid impairs deep sleep, which in turn blocks the movement of memories from the hippocampus, where short-term memories are formed and stored, into long-term memory storage in the prefrontal cortex. So which comes first? Disordered sleep or beta amyloid in the brain? This study does and answer that. But previous research suggests a feedback loop in which disordered sleep increases beta amyloid levels and higher beta amyloid levels lead to disordered sleep. For example, a single night of sleep deprivation raised beta amyloid levels in spinal fluid, likely reflecting brain beta amyloid levels. In a 2014 clinical trial, a 2013 study in animals demonstrated that during deep restorative sleep, the brain is cleaned by a tide of spinal fluid that washes out toxic proteins, including beta amyloid. On the other hand, a 2012 study from Drive David Holtzman at Washington University shows that brain beta amyloid plaque formation in mice coincides with disordered sleep and that clearance of those plaques restored normal sleep patterns. What can we do to avoid disordered sleep and ensure we catch some quality ZZZZs at night? First, make sleep a 
priority. Ensure you set aside enough time for a full night's rest. If you suspect you have insomnia or sleep apnea, talk to your physician about treatment options. Remember, we spend almost a third of our lives asleep, it's critical for our brains that we make it count. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, insufficient sleep is a public health epidemic. In fact, an estimated 50-70 million U.S. adults have sleep or wakefulness disorder which can affect daily functioning, such as driving, and overall mental health and long-term well-being. In fact, we retold that sleep is just as important as diet and exercise when it comes to living a healthy life. Lack of sleep has been linked to a myriad of health problems including cognitive dysfunction, depression, stress, type 2 diabetes, weight gain. More concerning, a new study indicates that lack of sleep may lead to Alzheimer's. Led by Mkhan Nedergaard, MD, who co-directs the Romkes Center. For translational neuromedicine, the researchers discovered that a waste draining system they call the glymphatic system is 10 times more active during sleep than while awake. This nocturnal cleaning system removes proteins called amyloid beta, which accumulate into the plaques that contribute to Alzheimer's and dementia. Nedergaard and her team coined the term glymphatic system last year when they use new imaging technology known as two-photon microscopy to discover a scrubbing process taking place around brain cells, known as glial cells. The mechanism of this cleanup process is fascinating. Nedergaard and colleagues found that cerebrospinal fluid flows through the spaces between neurons, flushing proteins and other neural waste into the circulatory system and away. So what if you're not getting those 8 hours? Are you destined to get Alzheimer's? No, not necessarily and don't buy any sleep remedies just yet. You might just have leftover sleep patterns from your ancestors. The myth of the need for 8 uninterrupted hours of sleep. Before the advent of the light bulb, we went to sleep when it got dark. Interestingly, heading to bed around 7 o'clock or 8 p.m. meant that we had about 12 whole hours of restful time, so it was natural for us to wake up in the middle of the night. The eight uninterrupted hours of sleep is a modern notion that, unfortunately, causes many sleepers a great deal of concern. But we should learn to rethink the way we sleep. What's ultimately most important about sleep is the quality of it, not the quantity. Our modern lives simply don't let us get the rest we need. Laptops and smartphones naggingly chirp and glow at us all day long, add. No jump. If we could truly unplug, we might find the peace of mind we need to get that rest. But most of us don't have that luxury. So what can we do to get the sleep we so desperately need? It may simply mean accepting that waking up during the night is part of normal human physiology, says sleep psychologist. Greg Jacobs. Use your national sleep patterns to feel your best. Furthermore, in 2001, historian Roger E. Kirch of Virginia Tech University, in a research paper drawing on 16 years of research, revealed a wealth of historical 
evidence that humans used to sleep in two distinct chunks of time, the British News Service reported. E. Kirch published a book, At Day S. Close, Night. In times past, comma, in which he revealed more than 500 references to a segmented sleeping pattern. Such references were gleaned from diaries, court records, literature, and medical books. The references were like those reported by Weir's subjects in that they describe a first sleep which began about two hours after dusk, which were followed by waking periods of one to two hours. Then a second block of sleep. This knowledge is comforting for the many of us who, all too often, feel sleep-deprived. But there are other ways to get rest. If you cannot sleep eight continuous hours, then spread it out. Sleep in four hour chunks. Take naps. The quality of the sleep you get is the most restorative, not the quantity of it. Do whatever it is that is most natural for you or your loved one.